Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Excuse me. I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws our way. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and you can join me each episode as I talk with inspiring people who also have something to say. You can also join in on the conversations by contacting me directly through the show's official social channels, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuse me underscore pod, Facebook and YouTube, search excuse me, I have something to say, or visit our official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com. As always, all links are embedded into the show notes for you. And don't forget to click on that subscribe button. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, remember you can rate and review the show there. Well, hello, podcast family. Welcome back to another episode of Excuse Me. How have you all been this past fortnight? I hope that you've been staying safe and looking after each other, keeping well in these crazy times. Well, it is a big week for me this week. It's my birthday week. In fact, this episode is dropped today, which is the 25th of August, and it's my birthday tomorrow, the 26th. So that's kind of cool. I've had another trip around the sun and every year when my birthday approaches, I find myself reflecting on the year that was, what's changed, what goals were reached, that sort of thing. It's also a great time to look inwards and think about who am I? Who do I want to become? And to set new goals for the future. This was my 35th year around the sun. And to be honest, even in the midst of a seemingly never ending global pandemic, it was still a pretty good one, to be honest. Had a few tough experiences. We lost my beautiful grandmother. I lost my job due to impacts from COVID and more recently, some mental health struggles have emerged and resurfaced in uh, in my household. Some positives, though, uh, is being lucky enough to start a new job during the pandemic. That was pretty lucky. And seeing the podcast signed to a new home and network at That's Not Canon has been amazing. And there's always new babies coming into the world. So we've got new family members. And of course, um, I had that huge milestone of finally getting married. This certainly has been a lot for me to reflect on over the past 12 months. And when we were planning our wedding earlier this year, more specifically when I was working on my thank you speech, 
I found myself taking inspiration from and revisiting another massive life milestone of mine, my coming out story. A few years ago now, I wrote about my experience in a blog titled Over the Rainbow, which was quite well received. And in planning this episode, I kind of revisited it for the first time in a long time, along with a previous episode of the podcast called Embracing Your Identity, which my now husband and I compared notes about our very different coming out experiences. It really felt poignant to revisit these parts of my life's journey, especially this year, because the boy that came out all those years ago and who was so scared of what the future would hold for him and people like him had finally gotten something he never thought he would. A husband. And that's huge. The world is forever changing and society is slowly growing more and more accepting of the various colors of the human experience. I always try to remain hopeful for more positive change, especially for marginalized groups. And as such, this is why I'm sharing this very personal experience with all of you in more detail than I've ever done before in my own voice and on my own terms. I'm hoping to share it as a beacon of hope for anyone who feels hopeless, scared, lost, or unsure of where they'll land if they did decide to take that leap and embrace their identity, embrace their destiny, and ride that wave. There is happiness, kindness, and love over the rainbow. So no matter what the life hurdle is that you're currently facing, and when you're ready, find that strength that's inside of you, and start to climb. So if you didn't already know, I identify as fabulous. I am an out and proud gay man. My pronouns are he, him, and I've been living my truth since I was 18. Some people say that they've always known that I was gay. As an individual and as a gay man, this is something that actually really frustrates me because you kind of get the sense of the tone when people say this sort of thing to you, like kind of feels like they're trying to one-up you, like it's some sort of skill or it requires some kind of reward or acknowledgement because they knew your sexuality before you told them, or in some cases, even before you knew it yourself. For me, when I hear people say these kinds of things, all they're doing is identifying that you were right, you are different, and depending on your thought process, being different isn't always a good thing. So when people say, yeah, I knew you were gay, they're confirming that all of the little mannerisms, the inflictions and things about your personality that you knew made you different, that you probably spent years trying to suppress and hide because society tells you that if you are these things, if you do these things, then you are less than and you're a target. Well, it was all just a waste of time and energy because everybody already knew and turns out you were the last one to know. So even though it probably and hopefully comes from a place of acceptance, when you say these things to someone who has been fighting a silent battle with their own identity, probably for as long as they can remember, you're dismissing their entire journey. It's almost as if the people saying these things feel like they're outing you all over again. And to anyone who has struggled with their sexuality or identity, this behavior is more hurtful than helpful. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're straight and you've never had to come out as anything, 
then you don't know the internal anguish, the battles that people go through with themselves and the sheer amount of courage and bravery it takes to be able to say those words to yourself and then out loud to someone else. I am gay. I'm bisexual. I'm a lesbian. I'm pansexual. I'm trans. I'm non-binary. However you identify, if you've gone through that internalized struggle and have been able to find peace and acceptance within your own identity, I'll tell you what you are. To me, you're brave, you're powerful, and you're a motherfucking unicorn, and no one can take that strength from you. No one. So the next time someone opens up or feels comfortable enough to bear a little bit of their soul with you, keep the I knows inside. Keep them to yourself. And next time, just say, that's great. I'm proud of you. That must have been really hard. Are you okay? I love you. Say anything other than, oh yeah, I already knew. For as long as I can remember, I've always known that I was different. And once I understood what being gay meant, I kind of knew that that was me. I've always found men attractive. I remember being really young and seeing Tom Cruise in Fire and Away in the scene when he's naked and laying on the bed after Nicole Kidman had stabbed him in the thigh with that hay fork thingy. And anyway, so he's all naked and unconscious with only a bowl covering his junk, which is hilarious, by the way. Why not just put a towel over the poor guy? Why a bowl? Anyway, so she lifts the bowl as she uh, takes a peek. And I remember thinking how handsome Tom Cruise was and that I would totally want a peek too. That was one of the first times I knew that I was attracted to men and one of my first experiences I guess, of starting to figure out and understand my own sexual identity. There was a real innocent curiosity about that self-discovery for me back then, and also a quiet, internalized crush on Mr. Cruz that I still carry with me today. So thanks, Tom Cruise. I knew that I was attracted to men, but I never really felt like it was wrong because I also found women attractive too. But there was no same-sex couples for me to look up to, neither on the TV shows I was exposed to or in my real life. Looking back, you can see why kids of my generation and before kept so much inside when it came to things like sexuality and gender identity. Because if you don't see people like you living a happy and healthy life, being accepted by friends and family, especially on TV, because we invite those characters into our homes and our lives every day then without that visibility, we're telling the most impressionable people and most often the only people we truly want to be happy and loved are children. We're telling them that they are wrong, that they are different. And when you're different, you're not afforded the same rights as everyone else. And also we don't want to see you. We're telling our kids that they don't have a place in the world This is why I love to see the diversity in casts on TV and movies these days. Like, sure, we still have more work to do. We always will. But for now, the diversity we see on our screens today has come leaps and bounds since I was a kid in the early 90s. And the irony is that the powers that be stopped us from seeing these characters and telling their very human and very normal stories because it was sinful or harmful. But to who? They didn't want the impressionable youth to think that things like being gay was okay or for whatever reason, like, I don't know. But look now, 
We have kids who can explore their own identities, their gender, and they can play and be more themselves than ever before. I understand that when we talk about uh, like assigned gender, it's about male and female reproductive organs, sure. But identity is not binary. And who are we to tell anyone who they are? We're not in their body or their head. So we have no idea who they are or what they're going through. It's their journey, not ours. We just know how we want them to be so that we're not uncomfortable. My advice to anyone who cannot, will not, or does not want to understand or accept someone who might be in their life for exactly who they are or how they identify is to just let them go. Don't bring them down. Don't repress them. And definitely don't be a victim if they decide that you're not good for them anymore. They're on their journey. And if you can't embrace it with them, that's on you, not them. When I got a bit older, I could feel the pressure society puts on us to be normal. But I always knew that I was different. I always knew what it was that made me different. I liked boys, but I could never say that out loud. Other kids at school knew I was different too. When I was little, I was picked on because I was different. But thankfully, back then, none of the kids were being mean because of sexuality. I hadn't quite figured that part out yet, but uh, that was that would come later. I was always a sensitive little kid and I loved playing. I loved playing with all the toys. But you know how little boys should only be playing with toy guns, cars and climbing trees. And as much as I love to climb the occasional tree, I much preferred to play with dolls, listen to happy pop songs. And I liked to be with the girls because the girls were allowed to talk about their feelings. If a girl was upset, she could cry. She wasn't told that boys don't cry or that she had to man up after hurting herself or having an emotional reaction to something. When you think about the damage modern society has done to the human race and particularly little boys, And how if we didn't feel the need to put people in boxes based on gender, skin color, sexuality, etc. And that if everyone was genuinely encouraged to find out exactly who they are and not have to live up to other people's projected perceptions of who or what they think we should be, then wouldn't the world be a more harmonious place? It definitely would be a more exciting place, that's for sure. As humans on this planet, our potential is limitless, but we limit it. And not only that, we limit other people's potential too. In fact, if you really think about it, we thrive on limiting people's potential. But what if we didn't? I want to know what that world looks like. Sure, let's be realistic. We need to make sure that we as humans on this planet are safe and we will require some laws, but... I'm talking about the limitations that we put on our souls and others. Like, wouldn't it be great to be able to explore ourselves and our potential in a more accepting world? That would be incredible. Anyway, I digress. When I was a kid, the girls were encouraged to be sensitive and to talk about their feelings. But by being friends with girls, it just made me a bigger target for the boys and the bullies. Playing with dolls didn't help much either. Um, I never understood why the girls could play with cars and toy guns and not be told off. But if I wanted to play Barbie or My Little Pony, well, that's wrong. 
but to uh, to mini me's credit i continued to play my way and you know there's heaps of old family photos of me as a kid playing with dolls so thanks mum and dad for being a little bit more open-minded than some of the other kids parents in the 80s and 90s as i got older though i guess during that era it likely became a little harder for or more uncomfortable even for my parents to have conversations with other parents and I am just guessing here but I would say it was particularly harder for my my dad who was heavy into motorbikes and you know I know he was really hoping to share that passion with his son sorry dad but at least I did get your creative genes so there is that entering the dreaded teen years all the boys my age were getting girlfriends I found girlfriends too Uh, this wasn't so bad though because it allowed me to be friends with girls but with a little less ridicule in high school I had my high school girlfriend Laura who is a beautiful human being we had really similar interests don't say men we had really similar interests and we always had a great time I felt safe around Laura however the bullying was always there in the background throughout high school Um, but it was a bit different in high school my differences my sensitivity my affiliation with the girls translated to me being a poofter a gay boy or a faggot which to be honest remains the most offensive thing that you could ever say to me that word is just disgusting to me by high school I'd been conditioned to believe that being gay was wrong I still didn't really know any gay people I knew that I was gay and I knew that I really really didn't want to be I hated myself for a long time and I was terrified that happiness wasn't going to be on the cards for me. You know, if I was to live an openly gay life, how can I be happy? I mean, how was I supposed to know what that even meant? Up until this point in my life, I still had no positive point of reference for homosexuality. I tried everything to repress my inner homo and to throw the bullies off of the scent but as bullies are they were relentless and I never did anything to warrant the damage and the hurt that they caused me emotional damage that if I'm completely honest I still carry around with me today at 36 years old and after everything that's happened and the visibility of queer people in western society today I still don't feel safe showing affection or holding my husband's hand in public I do it because, you know, we're here and we should be seen and we deserve to be able to hold each other's hands if we want to and not fear being a victim of a hate crime. But I still fear homophobia externally on the streets and in my own internalized homophobia that I carry with me every day because when I was younger, it was a crime to be gay. It was made a abundantly clear to me through the lack of queer representation society's narrative around queer men in particular and the schoolyard bullying i never did anything to these people i mean like ever but like most queer kids or kids that don't fit the mold i just existed and apparently well that's enough for them to torture you for years or for something that is completely out of anyone's control Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now I'm older, I often find myself wondering if the bullies look back at the way they treated people in high school or wherever and how they feel about their own actions, you know, or if they're just like, meh, I was just a kid being a kid, whatever. I really hope that they're raising their own kids to be better and more accepting of others than they were. For those people out there who say people choose to be gay, let me clear something up. We really don't. Why would anyone choose to be treated like that? I'm at peace with who I am now, but back then I couldn't see the rainbow through the clouds and I just wanted to be like everyone else so desperately. But I wasn't. As time went on, I couldn't deny myself the feelings I had for men. I did think about repressing them, settling down with a wife and having a few kids together or whatever, but... I couldn't do that to someone else or myself. You see, I think we all deserve to be loved by someone who can love us properly and completely. Although I never told my high school girlfriend this, she actually played a huge part in me finding the confidence to come out. She was kind, loving and accepting of people. And she silently helped give me the inner strength to be able to be myself. So Laura, thank you for that. I decided that I couldn't pretend with girls anymore. High school was sort of coming to an end. Laura was off to university and I felt like the right time to kind of call it quits. And we did. A few months went by and I knew I had to be myself, that people I loved deserved to know the real me and I had to figure out who he was for my own growth. I was terrified. I had the conversations in my head over and over and over again. Every time I thought about telling my mum in particular that I was gay, it always ended with her disowning me, disappointing her and her kicking me out. Every scenario I would run through in my head would always end badly. I was scaring myself right back into the closet and at this point I was pretty much headed off to Narnia to go hang out with Mr Tumnus. A little shimmer of hope, though, came around the time of my cousin's 18th birthday. Up until this point in my life, I didn't really know any gay people. Sure, there were a few kids back in high school who were like trailblazers for us kids in denial, like one guy, well, Stevie Joe. He was kind of like the scapegoat for every closeted kid in my year at school. I mean, if I thought the bullies took a liking to me, poor Stevie didn't stand a chance. He was actually the very first person I ever came out to. Um, Surprise, I don't think I've actually told that to anyone. 
We hung out for a brief period of time um, when we were at school, but hung out like after school. And I think we identified something in each other that we saw within ourselves. And one random day we were hanging out in a graveyard, as you do, and we said we would spell out a secret that no one knows about us uh, using the letters on the headstones, not defacing the headstones, just, you know, guessing which letters we're talking about. Um, As we walked from headstone to headstone, looking for the next letter in the three word sentence, it became very clear, very quickly that we were both trying to spell the same thing. But I don't remember us ever saying the words out loud at that point. Um, But again, once again, I digress back to my cousin's party. So Natalie's turning 18, didn't really know any other gay people who were out and proud and had some sort of, you know, life experience under their belts past school. Um, My cousin, she has an older brother, older half brother on her father's side. So no blood relation to me, but I knew that he was going to, he was gay and he was going to be there. I didn't really have any memories of him. And to be honest, I couldn't even remember what he looked like. Um, But nonetheless, he was going to be at Nat's birthday party. So I thought I might be able to corner him and ask for some advice. The night of the party, I was so nervous. This was going to be the first time that I spoke the words to anyone. This was me on the edge about to step into my life. There was no excitement, just pure terror. I sat around with my cousin drinking Coca-Cola, trying to find my courage and waiting for my moment. So I accidentally ran into him in the hallway and asked if I could talk to him. He was kind as I stumbled on my words a little bit, but I said it, sort of. I said, I think I'm gay and I don't know how to tell my mum. Sasha told me how when he was younger, he thought my mum was really cool and that if anyone was going to be okay with it, well, it would be her. We spoke in the corridor for a little bit while, uh, you know, just sort of figuring it all out. And then uh, my uncle came past, headed for the toilet. Uh, As he walked past us, I was mortified. Here I am talking to an out gay man at a party and now my uncle would think I'm gay purely by association. Um, Yeah, not a good look. As Uncle Colin came back out from the toilets, though, he'd obviously heard something of the conversation or had put two and two together. Uh, And he put his hand on my shoulder and said something to the effect of, make sure you tell your mum she'll love you no matter what. And then he just walked off like it was no big deal. A few minutes later, a similar interaction happened with my auntie Carol, who's Sasha's stepmom. Um, I was kind of like, what is this? Like, no one's disowning me. But then again, I hadn't actually come out, I guess, officially. And my mum didn't know yet. That was the big thing for me. So it could still go horribly wrong. I thank Sasha for his advice and everyone got on with the night. In hindsight, though, you know, looking back, cornering Sasha in a busy pub, for my cousin's 18th birthday in a toilet corridor to have a quiet conversation about my sexuality before I'd told anyone else probably wasn't my most, uh, wasn't the most logical of places to, to have that conversation. But hey, carpe diem, right? Over the next few days and 
even with the positive experience at Nat's birthday, I still didn't have the courage to tell mum yet. I was digging deep, but let me tell you, it just wasn't there. Then one night I was like, I'm going to do it. But mum's favourite soap opera was airing their first ever gay kiss. This was big news and a massive steps in the right direction at the time for equality and LGBTQ visibility. But also for me, it was terrible timing. Or was it? I figured that I would be able to gauge how mum would react to my big news by witnessing a scripted gay kiss on TV. Again, not the most logical rationale, but can't really say that I was thinking straight. Uh, The kiss was coming. And I was incredibly uncomfortable, so I left the room to go to the toilet. But really, I was listening behind the door. When the kiss came, there was a squeamish response from my mum and my sister. And all I could now think was, fuck, they're never going to love me again. I'm a disappointment to my family and myself. So... I disappeared up to my room for a good old-fashioned cocktail of teenage angst, existentialism, and a really good cry. A day or so went past, and I was feeling like I had to say something. It was eating me up inside. I've always been a bit of a mummy's boy, and right now I was feeling so alone, and I just wanted my mum. I remember that at the time, mum had a bit of a cold, and she was going to bed early, I was pacing around my tiny little box room in England and she put herself to bed. And then I was like, okay, now. (laughs) So I knocked on her door. Mum, I need to tell you something. That was it. This was the moment. No matter how loved I had been from my family in the past, no matter what Sasha, Uncle Colin or Carol and the few other people who the news had kind of trickled out to had told me, this was it. This was the moment where I was either going to exhale for the first time in a long time or I was going to be packing a bag. I ended up saying something so cringeworthy I could have died. Not like the romanticized versions of coming out we see on TV. I mean, how cool is that that we can even say romanticized versions of coming out on TV? Because it wasn't really that long ago that people were not coming out on TV. I mean, or is it just pedestrian now? Like everybody does it. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, I said something to the effect of, I find women attractive, but I'm also attracted to men. I can't really remember what her exact response was, but I did it kind of. I was out there. It was out there. I can't remember there being too much of a pause before she said anything. Um... I remember that we hugged and she said that she loved me and then she went to bed because she wasn't feeling well. A few minutes later, there was a bit of a knock on my door and it was my stepdad, Brian. I'm thinking, oh, fuck. I opened the door with teary eyes and he said, your mum just told me, I want you to know that this doesn't change anything. We love you. That possibly meant the most to me at that point, getting approval from a straight male role model. Like, wow. I had only just told mum. 
now I'm having to think about telling my dad. I hadn't even thought about telling my dad yet. Uh, that actually didn't happen for about another six months to a year later. Dad wasn't really around too much at that point. He lived and worked in a different city. And by the time I told dad, I'd already moved out of home and was living my best gay life, working in a gay club. I had a boyfriend. He was okay with it, but there was a bit of a miscommunication where he used the word disappointed. And then, to be honest, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. Later on, though, I learned that he wasn't disappointed in me, but more for himself You have to remember that for my family, I was the first person to come out and this was uncharted territory for all of us. I suppose, I guess as a parent, you kind of have a picture of the life you thought your kid might have or the life that you wanted for your kid. And being gay wasn't really a part of that picture for my dad that he had in his head. However, I will say this, dad is one of the biggest champions for my life now and I love my old man to bits. Um, I told my sister on the same night that I told my mum. She had a much less gracious response in the form of a slow hand clap. Not helpful, Kimmy, but thank you nonetheless. Now, you may have noticed that I told my mum I like both men and women. And there is truth there. I think that women are beautiful. I find them very attractive. And given the right situation, I'd totally go there again. You see, for me, I believe sexuality to be fluid. I think if everyone was completely honest with themselves, they'll admit that they may have had an attraction, a question, a dream, a whatever about the same sex, because sexuality is a spectrum. It's only human to question and to wonder and to desire. But also in saying that, That's just my thoughts on the subject. I'm not in your head and maybe I'm completely wrong, but no judgment from me either way. The truth is, even if sexuality and sexual identity are on a spectrum and is fluid, I pretty much just identify as gay. Quite gay. Really gay. Um, I guess at the time I thought that by implying I was bisexual, it would be more like easing us all in and testing the water and also giving me a way out if I needed it. Eventually, though, we all just kind of slid into the realm of gay and that is where I'm most comfortable within my sexuality and I love being who I am now. I consider myself very lucky to have a supportive and accepting family around me. I remember not long after coming out, mum and I were driving to pick my sister up one night and the subject about being gay came up. Mum said to me that life is hard enough and she didn't want my life to be made any harder just because of who I am. And I think about that conversation often. More so, the older I get, I look at the the path that was in front of that 18-year-old boy and I reflect on how far he's come. Life is so hard at times, for all of us. However, I can honestly say that I don't think my life has been made harder because of being gay. Being gay hasn't defined me or hindered me in any way. My sexuality is just a part of me, just something that makes me me. Sure, I've had really hard moments because of it, but I understand that no matter how hard my experience is, I'm still coming at it from a place of privilege. And I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm part of a bigger story and I've benefited from those who came before me and fought for the freedoms we had when I came out. 
They fought for me to be able to come out in a world that was a little bit more accepting of me than it was of them and kids coming out today. Hopefully they can do so with more ease than what I had. Earlier this year, I got married. Something that back then when I came out, I didn't think I would ever have that experience. I didn't think it would ever happen for me, but I always hoped for it. In fact, I dreamed of it. Um, I love love. Um, I dreamed of a love that was allowed to just be like everyone else's. You know, the world is always changing and it's always surprising us. And I look forward to it continuing to change and continuing to get easier for, for people, hopefully. But we still have so much work to do on so many different levels. I'm going to leave you guys with an abridged version of the speech I made at my wedding. An abridged version because some of it is really just for those of us who were there. But I'm sharing it as a token of hope for anyone who dares to be different. Anyone who feels like they don't fit in the box society wants them to live in. Remember that you are the change makers and the future. You are brave. You are strong. You are the architect of your life. So build it big. Dream big and live the life you want. When I was 18, I made the choice to come out, to be my authentic self and to live my truth. A decision that even in 2003 was an incredibly difficult one to make. The world had come a long way, but was not and is still not kind to those of us who are different. Now, those of you who know me well will know that I always try to be positive and optimistic whenever I can. But when I came out, there were certain life experiences that I had always dreamed of having. And at 18, I had to come to terms with and accept the fact that I had to let some of those dreams go. Back then, they were just not on the cards for someone like me, like becoming a father or getting married. Because as a gay man 18 years ago, Becoming a father was a lot more difficult and getting married, well, that was illegal. If you had told that young, romantic, scared and disillusioned gay kid that 18 years later he would be getting married to the love of his life, the most exquisite and unique man he's ever met, that his family and friends would be coming together during a pandemic from all over the world in the most unique ways to celebrate the love of these two men, that he would be getting married in a freaking abbey and that he would become a stepfather to two incredible kids. He would never have believed it. You see, when you're gay or in fact a part of any marginalized group, there's a lot of normal life milestones and experiences that others take for granted that you are not allowed, like the right to love who you love or to show commitment to them through marriage or even just in public. You will know us. You know that our love is normal and that our relationship is just as complicated and messy as anyone else's. At its core, it's just love. And that's why we stand up for equality. It's about the basic human right to be able to love who you love. I've lived my truth my entire adult life which has definitely not been an easy road, but it did lead me here. 
There's not enough time or alcohol to thank every single person individually, but I do want to acknowledge you all and say a huge thank you to each one of you. You all bring your own unique brand of magic to our lives and we love you for that. Thank you for always supporting Benny and I, for always being there for us or for picking the phone up when we've needed you. Thank you for all of your guidance and advice over the years. Thank you for putting the past aside just for us. And thank you for continuing to believe in us and believe in our love. And lastly, that scared 18-year-old gay kid, he thanks you. He thanks you for showing up for him and others like him, for letting him know that he was normal this whole time, that he can have and deserves to have normal that his love is normal, and that some dreams, they were worth staying hopeful for. So guys, that's it for another episode. Thank you all so much for allowing me this platform to share my personal story and to share stories of others. Please remember that my socials are always open for anyone who wants to talk. And if you're struggling with embracing your own identity or any other mental health struggles, remember there is always hope, help and support out there for you. So with that in mind, I've put some helplines into the show notes for you. So please utilize them as much as you need to. Stay safe. Look after yourselves and each other. Don't forget to get vaccinated. I'm off to celebrate my birthday. See you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.